Welcome in to another edition of Cat Tales, the Weaver Chain Athletics Podcast. I'm Paul Grua and joined by Weaver Chain Athletic Director Jerry Bovey for another podcast. Jerry, we're going to talk a little basketball today. It's always a good time to talk basketball, especially with this one. He's known as the father of Hallie Duff. He's <laughs> Eric Duff, <laughs> the associate head coach for the Weber State men's basketball team. Just a quick introduction, then we'll have him tell us his whole life story here. Native of Kansas, Sterling, Kansas. Uh, graduated from Sterling High School and then his coach for a long time. He's been at Weber State for the last 12 years, all with Coach Randy Ray and the associate head coach for the last several years. He's coached at Hutchinson Junior Kansas, in College in Kansas for many years. And he has four children as well. So we're going to get into all of that right now. Eric, glad to have you with us. All right, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That's just a very brief uh, re, re, no, review of your, it's go worldwide of your life. Here. And oh. you are famous. Oh. You've been here 12 years. Hard to believe, isn't it? Yes, it is. Time yeah. has gone fast. That's for sure. Did you see uh, when, you, when you started here, you're not thinking, I mean, in, in coaching, people don't realize you're... It, it's long-term goals, but it's short-term mentality sometimes. Did, did you ever foresee a scenario where you'd be here 12 years when you No, came? probably not, but we had just gotten fired at Hutchinson Community College, and so uh, just having a job felt pretty good at the time, <laughs> so we were kind of focused on that. And my, Short-term. My Very wife was eight months pregnant when we moved here, so we had a lot of other things to worry about than yeah. you know, sort of how glad, long we were going to be glad here. Glad to have a job. Yeah, for sure. So it says in your bio, I've never asked you about this, but you grew up in Sterling, graduated from high school in Sterling High School in 1981 as the valedictorian. Yes. How about yeah. that? Well, when there's, there's 42 people in class. <laughs> hey, don't let like facts that. get in the way, right, Jerry? Yeah. We have this thing, don't let facts get in the way of a, a good, good story. story. You're the valedictorian. <laughs> we've put it on our kids. Uh, my wife was also the valedictorian of her, wow. her, her, her class, so we put it on our kids. If anything else, There was 45 students. <laughs> <in that. laughs> no, no, the less, less than 40. Oh. Hey. But she contends Still her high counts. school is a lot harder. The so higher okay. academic. Yeah. Well, I've met both of you, and I'm going with her. Yeah, that's smart choice. Yeah. You are Sherry, physical therapist, yes, and, and involved with Weber State as well. So, uh, coming out of high school, I mean, did you play basketball, play sports growing yeah. up? You know, every you know back in the day, um, Jerry knows this. You just you played every sport. You, know, you played uh, in the fall it was football, and then it was basketball in the winter, and then it was baseball or track. Or we had actually played tennis some in high school. So yeah, I played all sports and. I grew up in a small town, lived, and uh, my grandparents were farmers, and so we were on the farm most of the time, and for a lot of the time, and so we just kind of, you know, back then it was a little different. We just kind of hung out and played whatever was around at that time. So the mentality for basketball there, is it similar to what you'd find in Indiana that's kind of story, but there's a lot of similarities, I, I would guess, in how high school basketball is viewed in Kansas? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, with the Kansas Jayhawks and their tradition, and um, just you know, young people. Obviously, uh, that's something that you you drive past the farms and the in the rural communities, and you see the basketball hoops up in the in the backyards, and you know where they might be on a barn, they might be you know anywhere. But yeah, you you see some of those same similarities. A lot of passion for it. So grew up. Uh, so again, went to high school at Sterling High, and then he went and played college basketball, right? At Sterling College. Yeah, at Sterling College, local school there, NAI Division Two school. Um, how how was your game? What kind of player were you? <laughs> Not very good. Uh, the uh, my my daughter broke her foot the uh, last week, and so she's sitting on the bench now for Fremont High School. And my uh, my nine year old, we we went to pick her up the other day from one of their games, and my nine year old said, "Dad, Howie's playing the same position you played in college." Ooh, a nine year old. And I wow. said, "Oh, that's that's rough." Cole. But wow. kind of true. No, I 
I was okay. I was, you know, a skilled player. I took a lot of charges. I always led the team in charges taken. There you so go. That was good. good. Tough. Yeah. So when did you have any idea about maybe going into coaching? When did you think about it? You know, that? I was in high school at the time. Um, we had a little rec league that our high school coach put on, and uh, we would uh, draft teams. Our high school team would, and local, you know, local community kids from Sterling, and form teams and play on Saturday mornings. And uh, one year, my going my senior year, uh, I just I wasn't there, so I told them I'd take the worst team or whatever they had, and so we uh, I got a group and we went out there and played on Saturdays. And we played hard and got them competitive, and we ended up losing the championship game. I remember seeing those kids crying at the end, and I thought, you know, I have I have an ability to get some kids all moving in the same direction. They, they played hard, and I thought, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed that, and put on a summer uh, basketball camp that year. In Sterling, and and uh, really grew to just really love coaching at that point. Good, there you it, go. It kind of gets in your blood, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. It becomes, you know, it becomes somewhat addictive. And as you know, Jerry, you get people that that I know that've gotten out of coaching. They just long to get back mm-hmm. in. I mean, it's hard for them when they're out. Like, and so, uh, yeah, it is. It's something that that really gets to. And I think people have a hard time understanding why would you do this. So. I, I just today was speaking at a, to a business about athletics and some of the lessons that transcend into business too and we talked about coaching and how it's a process so coaches are wired a little differently to where I mean fans get all geeked up about every game a coach will look at the end of the year this is where we want to be and here's where we are and here's what it's going to take to get there and then you kind of process that along the way and that's that's the thing that's the th- because at the end only one team can win a conference championship, only one team in the NCAA tournaments winless or you know undefeated, and so it can't totally be about that as the outcome or else you're disappointed. Oh, ninety-eight percent of the time. You're totally right. It's all about the process, and then the nice thing about coaching that process ends, and you immediately turn to the next process. Yes, you know, with the next with the next group, uh, and, and in college you recycle guys every four years, and so. You always have new guys coming, some guys leaving your program, and you know, really in coaching, I think the, the thing that keeps me energized, enthused, is just the relationship that you build with the, with the guys. You know, the wins and losses are fleeting. They're 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 the wins are great when they happen. The losses are you know are, are tough to deal with, but they they go away pretty fast. But it's those relationships. Uh, Friday, I'm leaving the office, and Kendall Hill walks in. He just got back from Denmark. He's going to spend all summer here. You go to church. I went go to church on Sunday morning, and Frank Otis is there with his family, and I see Brody Van Brocklin at the golf course with his kids out there playing golf with them. And so you you know you just as you go through it's those relationships that you build that keep you coming back through all of the the struggles. You know, one of our big boosters, Keith Hanchett, he always he always tells Coach Ray and I how dumb we are for coaching. You know, because <laughs> uh, I can't believe you guys are stupid enough to do something like well, this. Well, I asked a guy once that was into puzzles, a thousand piece puzzle. I'm like, why do you do this? And he goes, because I like seeing it come together. And I think to some degree coaching is a little bit that way, or our business is, you know, um, it's different. It's not just X's and O's. It's also assessing talent. For sure. It's all of the skills um, that transcend into real life, why these people do puzzles or why they're in business or CEOs or whatever, it's the same thing. It's can we take what we have with the resources we have and build something lasting or something that's amazing and, and it's the process of doing all that that really is 
what motors it. It, it, it is, and you know, what, and we've changed some things in our program the last few years, the way we play and the way we, the way we recruit and the types of players that we're trying to bring in now. And, you know, basketball's evolved, and uh, to Coach Ray's credit, he's not stuck in, in the past of how he used to play 10, 15 years ago or even five years ago. We're, we're constantly changing and, and finding new ways to, to improve our team and our product we put out there. And, so all of that goes into it, but it's uh, yeah, it's 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 a good process. You know, you you wake up every day trying to find new ways to get better, yeah. and I know you do that as an athletics director, and and uh, but uh, that's what keeps you motivated. Yeah, we're talking with Eric Duff, the head associate head coach of the Weber State men's basketball team. Uh, you went on and coached at a, a few different places. They ended up at Hutchinson, Kansas, for Hutchinson Junior College for what about seven years, including a couple of years with Tim Durier, who was the head coach. Yes. That's one of the great junior college programs in the country, right? Yeah, and you know, if you just look at the, uh, th that whole conference is, is terrific. Uh, and the coaches that have come out of there, uh, we, we, we kind of, we see each other in July, and, and uh, you know, the guys that, that, that were in that college, Tim Durier at Utah State, who I worked for for a couple of years, we've mentioned, but Tim Jankovic at SMU, uh, uh, Steve Forbes at East Tennessee State, Steve Lutz, who's the uh, associate head coach at, or assistant coach at Purdue. There's just a lot of guys that have come from that level, uh, for, from that conference, and it was a it was a tremendous uh, competition back in in those days. Uh, junior college basketball, you had you know if you didn't have probably one pro, you weren't very you weren't as competitive as you needed to be. You know, you had really good players, and it yeah. was a lot of fun and. Uh, build a lot of relationships and you get to learn how to recruit because every two years you lose half your team or every year you lose half your team and so um, a lot of good experiences from coaching back there at Hutchinson. So then uh, after you leave there you, get, you end up at Weber State. What did you know about Weber State at the time? And and also second part is how did you know Coach Ray your relationship with him? Well it came through Tim Durie at Utah State and uh, so him and I are, are, were good friends when we coached together and we remained good friends over the years and and we talked a lot during those times when I was at Hutchinson. And uh, when uh, when Randy was up for the job here at Weber State, he called me and said, "Hey, I've told Randy that he gets a job. He needs to look at hiring you." And and uh, so that was my contact there uh, with with Randy. And I had met him a few times on the road, but nothing nothing yeah. you know real serious. And uh, he came to the National Junior College Tournament that year in Hutchinson, which, which we host every year. And and we sat down and talked for 30 minutes during one of the games, and he got the job the next day and offered it to me. And what did you know about Weber State at the time? Not a lot. Uh, you know, I I had heard of it obviously, but I you know, got on the computer and tried to figure out as much as I could right away, and uh, you know knew that right away that it had great tradition and uh, that it had some good NCAA tournament wins. I did know that, uh, but as far as where it was located and but no, that's something I had right. research. So I still, I mean, it's still to me amazing the job that, that you as a coaching staff did that first year coming <laughs> in. I mean, it's just unbelievable to have only three players back and go out and win the big, not only have a good year, but win the Big Sky title. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, and then we got to play UCLA in the NCAA tournament. Yes. People ask, you know, about that team. <laughs> yeah, you know, we changed everything we, we did going into that. David Patton was our best player. And, David's uh, works here on campus now. And he's a semi-professional golfer, or maybe he's a professional golfer. <laughs> he wants to be. Out there yeah. all the time. But uh, 
but he was our best player, and we, we tried to do some things for him. It was difficult. That UCLA team was terrific. That yeah. that team had five pros, and one of them was Russell Westbrook, and he didn't even start. He came off the bench. Right. And that was a Final Four team. Ben Howland, Weaver State grad. That was but that first year, though, still just amazing to, to come in. Again, with only three players, you had to go out and fight a team, and you go out and have a, have a great year. Yeah, and, you know, I think, Paul, we got a lot of people by surprise yeah. that year. Um, I don't think people thought we were very good, and I don't think they were as motivated to, to play against us. Nowadays, that's changed a little bit. You know, we seem to be the lead the lead the, the country in whiteout games when we're on the road. Everybody's got something going on, a whiteout, a red out, a something. blackout, yeah. or whatever, they, whatever they're doing. Certainly more motivation. There's a lot more motivation. So, um, yeah, that was a fun group, though. Yeah. You know, that group, we just we didn't have, I don't know that our individual pieces were overly talented, but we came together as a group, and, and David Patton had a terrific year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of fun memories, I'm sure, yeah, from those first, those first years. Then you go on a few years later and add a, a player that's gone on to some NBA success, just a little bit. He's done okay. He's done okay for himself, yeah. yeah that's pretty special, too, and uh, you've certainly been part of all that. And You think back, you've been a part of five Big Sky Championship teams. You've gone to the NCAA tournament three times, just a whole bunch of success. Coach Ray's you know, set the all-time record and everything, but you've been right there next to him the whole time. Yeah, he always blames me for the losses. Oh, is that what it is? You get the losses. That's what he okay. tells me all the time anyway. But, uh, yeah, you know, we've had some terrific players over the years. We've gotten, you know, we've gotten fortunate in recruiting to some degree. I think, you know, we've, we've done a good job of, of figuring out what type of player we want. But uh, at the end of the day, it, some of it comes down to just, you know, just luck on some of these guys. And But Damien helped us get in, you know, with his yeah. success, it's helped us get involved yeah. with some really good players, and we've been fortunate over certainly helps to get in the door, but talk a little bit about the process to recruit and how it starts and how it ends. I mean, you know, from from the beginning to the end, what's the process that you put together? We're probably different than most schools <coughs> at our our level because we don't recruit a lot of a lot of players. We we, we have a really short list typically. Um, we try to find somebody that we're looking for that fits, you know, athletically, skill set and whatnot, and then the character is really important. Coach Ray, first first thing he told uh, told us when we got here, Jeff Linder and I, was uh, you know we're not going to sacrifice character. We're going to make sure we're bringing good kids, and so that's really important to us. It always has been, but uh, we we try to identify somebody that we have some connection with. You know whether it's uh, maybe David Merrick recruiting in Europe because that's where he's from, or me in the Midwest, or Garrett in the, in the Arizona area, or Texas where he's has some ties now. We try to we try not to just you know willy nilly this thing. We try to have yeah. some 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 direction, some some connection to the guy that we're recruiting, and then we really go all in and we we really focus on those guys. And in the April and July periods, we spend majority of our time following around a, a select few guys that we're trying to get and and uh, really show them that you know, that they're our top priority. And so we and we've been fortunate we've been able to get a couple of those guys. You have, especially some Kansas boys, especially yeah, Jerry Hardy. Kansas guys now. And now a couple others coming to Israel. Yeah. here now. And so uh, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's fun having some of those Midwest kids mm-hmm. in uh, Wichita. The City League's always had tremendous players. And, and growing up, just watching the City League and all the talent that they would produce. And, and to have a couple of those guys, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty special. So how do you take the role as, again, you're the associate coach, and so Coach Ray's trusted you with a lot of things, but yet he's still the head coach. 
Has that been a challenge? I mean, what's that like to balance all that? Yeah. And ultimately, he's the guy still in charge. It probably seemed like it should be, but I don't know. We just have a way we do it, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, he there's some things that I don't even need to ask him his opinion on. And we just do other things that maybe we need to come to a consensus you know, with then we'll maybe sit down and visit about him, and then. Um, but you know, there's there's some things I I know how he thinks. I know, especially in scheduling and recruiting and, and things like that. I I know what he wants and what he's thinking, and so we don't have to uh, hash it out too much. Yeah, so he has that trust in you for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. we just have that relationship. Right. You know, I think uh, he knows that I'm not going to schedule a team or recruit a guy that's not going to benefit our program so well Jerry let's talk about one of the things you get asked about all the time scheduling um, right and this Jerry is the guy that, the that does this <laughs> it's the it's the one so so let's just talk about that a little bit for those that are listening and think why don't we play you know the world is our oyster can you see like come here about, next year <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about the realities of and, and I tell people sometimes and this is no knock on us but I I, I will say you know in football the head coach does not do the recruiting, the, the, the scheduling. The, yeah. or the scheduling. Right. They do the recruiting. Yeah. Uh, they don't do the scheduling. All the, so the athletics directors do it with their coaches. So I, I've, I've made the comment before. Sometimes coaches in college basketball ruin the game. <laughs> and we talked about that. We were talking about sure. this offline here a little bit. But talk a little bit about the process. And and I don't know how it got here. That it was it predates yeah. us. But what we deal with. Well, I think it starts with the, with the with the Power Five schools, your your highest level schools, and those, and maybe not the Dukes and North Carolinas and Kentuckys as much. But the you you know the, the Utah's, the, yeah. the you know the maybe not Arizona, and, but in UCLA, but but everybody else in the Pac-12, um, and so. Getting into the NCAA tournament is such an important factor for those guys to keep their jobs going forward. And so there's been such a premium placed on the pre-conference schedule and how, you know, and how that works out with, with the NCAA tournament selection. And so the, the one thing those guys are really hesitant to do is to schedule anybody that they could lose to. And so they have these guarantee games that they buy and some of the, the biggest schools have five, six, seven games and they'll spend thousands, ten, tens of thousands of dollars to to buy these games from lower level schools. And so it's, it's just a trickle down effect. Uh, they're, they're very picky on who they play in those schools or, or in those games. And then when it comes to the home and home series, you know, I know people like you just joked earlier, Paul, about you know, UCLA coming in here, there's, there's just no chance of ever getting one of those teams to come in and play. They have no motivation and, to and, do and that. Even, yeah. even some Mountain West type teams, there's yeah, not even sure. them would come. No. I mean, there's, you know, we're, we're fortunate Fresno State did a yeah. two for one, but, you know, we're having to play in third place twice and they come here once. And sometimes you can get one of those deals uh, with one of those teams, but that's certainly not guaranteed. And it's just, it, it's just, uh, it, there's probably more. Uh, stress um, in, in the scheduling area than there is even in recruiting. That's Most why Coach Ray's giving you that job. Yeah, right? well, yeah, for 12 <laughs> years I've had that job. And Coach Lever joked him the other day, he goes, you know, maybe I'll do, uh, maybe I'll take over scheduling and you can do the Adidas <laughs> gear. And I said, yeah. You need that. You're not, you don't know what you're asking. But at, you know, in July, it's funny, you sit at those, in, those uh, AAU tournaments, you're sitting by, and you you know, you have guys that you sit by, and the scheduling guys always kind of congregate with each other, and they always, 
bemoan the, the work fact they have to do the scheduling. It's just such a it's such, such a hard process. So let let fans in a little bit on on how you do it, though. I mean, obviously you're looking at teams maybe of of similar level, West Coast teams, Big West. You you go through those lists, right? You're trying to get a home and home. Yeah, yeah. Trying to do teams. home and home series, but we're even to the point. But they won't do that. Most of them, right? I mean, well, that, well we I have a whole list. I have a legal pad full of teams that won't play us. You know, even starting a series at their place, and so it just becomes difficult. Which what it ends up being is the teams that are similar to us who've had success in their leagues end up having to eventually play each other because that's kind of who else is out there. So South Dakota so State a couple years ago, so we do a home South and home in the same State. year because they couldn't get games. And you know, talking to their assistant at the time, they're like, "And this took us forever to get this done because <laughs> yeah. neither head coach wanted to do it. You know, is schedulers we didn't want to take it through." You know, <laughs> I always tell Coach Lee, I said, you get to hand, hand Coach Ray a pair of, sh- a pair of Adidas shoes. Yeah. I have to go in the time. Hey, the only team that's going to play is the South Dakota State. And, uh, but, you know, so finally it came out of the point where, like, well, we don't have any other choice. And they're like, we don't either. And so we played each other. It was a great, it was a great series. Um, but, you know, they, we, they wanted their place. We wanted our place. Yeah. Two good games. But at the end of the day, that's just kind of where it ends up. Mm-hmm. You've been lucky uh, the last several years to get into these preseason tournaments, which are big. Yes, and that's something that about five or six years ago I was like, hey, we've got to be really proactive with this. The only way to get into them is to get into them two, three, four years down the road. And Jerry and our administration has been great about helping us get into those because those are like gold. You play three games in three days in neutral side against good quality teams and they're hard to get into. And uh, that's a lot of these teams we never play. Never play. Never no. play. And and the other thing is, we kind of take it for granted that we're getting in them. You have to be at a certain level to get asked. Yes. So we've got teams in our conference that every year. I mean, last week at the Big Sky meetings, they're like, "How are you guys getting into these? We want to get into them, and they can't. They can't get an invite." For sure. And that, and so and then the other thing it comes down to it is I had to convince Coach Ray. I'm like. This was, you know, several years ago, four or five years ago when we were trying to do this. I'm like, we have to quit worrying about who's in the tournament uh, because head coaches will just want to, well, who's in it? Well, we don't know. They only have three teams scheduled of the eight. And, uh, well, let's see who's in it. And I said, you know, we have to get to the point we where just, we just don't care. Yeah. We just have to get we're into in. it two, two or three years down the down the road and and let's just keep keep scheduling ahead so that we're always in one of those tournaments. And then the other thing that that, that does is it allows you to play more games. You either have – you can play 27 uh, games plus an exempt tournament, which means that you can get four games for that. So you can get to 31. If you don't play in an exempt tournament, then you end up only playing 29 games. So it, it helps you in that regard. Mm-hmm. And, and we uh, will have a rule in our conference this year that we can't play more than two <coughs> Division two schools, so that'll affect a little bit of those. But um, but there is some discussion with the NCAA on counting the games differently too, and that'll be interesting to see. Right. They're looking at taking out the exemption that you get with an exempt tournament and just saying you get this many games. Right. Go go fill them. Right. The bottom line is you get three good opponents you probably couldn't get to come to your place on Correct. a neutral floor. Correct, no question. And so we've had some success with them. I, I go back to when we went to Fort Myers. Those were three good games. Very good. Won the three games, and it, it helps you kind of get through your preseason uh, play heading into conference yeah, play. Yeah, you, you know, it just gives you that, that experience of playing three games in three days, going into your conference tournament. I think that always helps you. And, and uh, you know, you, you can win. Obviously, you get some get some really good confidence. So we beat Murray State in the championship yep. game. That was a great mid-major game. Um, 
um, that, that that Saturday that we play. I think it was mm -hmm. Central Michigan, Central uh, Michigan Drake, and yeah, and it was good, it was yeah. good run. Um, the other thing that, that that's the game your pants ripped, right? The yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I didn't mean to too. bring that up, but I will. Yeah. Well, after the I mean <laughs> after the game, we're all down there. It was a three good games. Won the championship. Here's Coach Duff with his pants torn from his belt <laughs> about to his the back. It's of good his thing knee. it wasn't a home game. Yeah. No, quit. my daughter just about disowned me. I'm yeah, glad he wasn't wearing his bikini underwear that day because <laughs> that would have not been something anyone wanted to see. Yeah, I remember Coach Ray walking off right after we won the game, just walking off. We had to go over and still go out and celebrate. You gotta, you gotta stay and celebrate. So anyway, yeah. uh, so scheduling, I'm sure, is something that just keeps you up, but it's yeah. an well, ongoing thing. That's the home yes. game is what you know. Fans, obviously, you know, back in the day, we used to get you know Utah was here every other year. We've been fortunate to BYU and Utah State still play us, which is huge for us. Very good. Yes. But, you know, things have changed. We used to have Purdue here. I mean, we've had some big schools, but those times have changed, I'm yeah. afraid. Yeah, you just don't get those. Yeah. Those just aren't happening. And, um, you know, we have to be and, – and we have some good home schedule this year. We're going to play Fresno State at home, BYU at home, and Utah State at home. So we've got some good games yeah. this year. You know, and even on the national level, a lot of the big schools, they play on neutral sites now. They don't go to, no, to home right. arenas. And so it's yeah. changed Didn't, in that sense, too. I think too. Utah might have Kentucky in yeah, in Las Vegas, I think they're yeah, playing. Las Vegas, so, so that's kind of where those games are going. We're talking with Coach Duff, the uh, associate head coach at Weber State. We'll wrap it up. Just a few more questions for him. If you weren't coaching, what do you think you'd be doing with your life? Well, that's a good question, Paul. I have very few talents. Oh, so I don't know it's, about uh, that. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be doing. You know, maybe I'd. Uh, I don't know. I I kind of went into college thinking I'd get into law school, maybe I'd do something like that, but uh, maybe get in the ministry or something. I don't know what I'd be well, doing. You just always wanted to coach, and you've been able to do it, huh? Yeah, I, think he, so I, I yeah. foresee him. We've had some really fun discussions about politics. Uh, he'd be an attorney, or he'd work. I don't think he'd be a candidate in politics. He, he wouldn't love that. But I think he'd, he'd be could like work a chief in, of staff yeah, or something like that. Industry. Yeah, he, okay. He's got a good mind for do you making have, an argument. There's been, there's been a lot of them, but do you have a standout one or two wins, the most memorable wins at Weber State? Well, you know, the um, yeah, I would say just the, the, those three times that you get to go to the assembly tournament are just really special. You know, those are the obvious ones. Um, but you know, those are just special moments because you just you, you know that you're. And I think the thing that makes them so special is that you know after the you know the first time we won it was great because none of us knew what to expect. <laughs> and Coach Ray was the only one in the whole you know, been there, team yeah. that had ever been to the assembly tournament. Now you just know how much enjoyment you're going to get out of those trips and it's really you, you just really feel good for the players their families they get to go experience that so I, I obviously those and then um, you know just uh, I think the Utah State win we had uh, out at their place two mm -hmm. years ago yeah. was was a really good win right before Christmas and um, Mm -hmm. But uh, that's a, a big road win. That win at Dayton several years ago oh, was a big Dayton, win. That's, that's a good one, yeah. Where they had 11,000 yeah, fans that there. And, and, uh, that was. I forgot about that. So that, they're not. That, that was one of the best wins we've, we've you had. Haven't, you haven't Northern scheduled Illinois, Dayton anytime Northern, soon. Northern, 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 Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa and Oral Roberts that yeah. year, too. That was, yeah, a, that was the 30 win year <laughs> team. 30 yes, win that. The 30 win team was a really good team. We were. A little unfortunate uh, there with Montana, but 
we uh, that was a, that was yeah. a really really good experience. Tough team. So Dayton's probably not going to play us anytime soon, right? Uh, no, not when they, they <laughs> brought our check into the locker room. They didn't look too happy, you know. But that was a great atmosphere. What great it was, fans they it was had a lot there! Of fun. You can tell why that, that you can. It's easy to see why the NCAA puts those first four games for sure. We talked about your family, uh, your four children, and your wife Sherry, and uh, your daughter who just won a state title at Fremont as a freshman. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty special yeah. deal, and uh, got to experience that. It was actually uh, we played a home game that that night against uh, Idaho at home, and so I got to run down. They played at one o'clock, I believe, and so got to run down and and watch them win that. It was pretty pretty special deal. And, they're kind of your kids are pretty bit. big into sports and basketball, especially, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all play and um, travel, and so yeah, it's uh, they get a lot of good qualities from their mother. That is for sure. What's it like to watch as a coach, but you're watching as a father? Well, you know, I, I'm pretty calm. I don't, I don't hardly say anything. I sit there and watch and play, especially in, in basketball. I rarely say anything to it, it during the game rarely yell at the referee or anything I just I just kind of sit there and watch because they know what they're doing they're all pretty high high skilled high IQ players and so I, I have a lot of confidence now in soccer sometimes I get a little <laughs> bit a little bit more vocal because I don't really know what's going on as much so I uh, sometimes not not as in tune to that sport but um, our littlest one he's he's pretty good at soccer so good um, we uh, we spend a lot of time chasing them around though my wife's my wife's an angel for what she does yeah. on the road, trying to get them everywhere. Yeah, you have a tough thing to balance, right? Balancing your family, your faith is important to you, yeah. your job, which is a high intense, you know, job. It's tough to balance it all. Yeah, not, doesn't leave a lot else to do in life. Play a little golf, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we get out in the course. Coach Ray and I like to play. It's a good release, and just get out. We have we have a great time, and you know, we, we Jerry, we we play a lot together, and and uh, we just those are good times. We have a good. Good, good time out there together. It's low stress, lots of fun. It's and that doesn't happen anywhere. That, that, that means something because I talked to other people, Coach Ray's told me, that doesn't happen everywhere. So being able no. to do that kind of thing. You know, I got a head coach that he thinks enough of me to take me out. We, we play a lot of golf together. Mm -hmm. Most head coaches play by themselves or play with boosters or, you know, the AD doesn't, isn't usually involved. And we kind of have a different deal here. We're more of a, uh, yeah, a little bit more of a team identity here and everybody's important and so, so as we wrap it up what do you what do you foresee yourself I mean I'm sure a head coach is something you want to become someday for sure yeah um, yeah for sure you know want to be a head coach but also uh, you know I'm one of those guys where I don't I don't look too far in the future uh, just try to do I've always been I've always thought I didn't play at a real high level so I don't have a lot of you know big-time contacts and stuff that make make coaching life a little easier I've always thought if you just do a really good job where you're at, then eventually good things will happen to you. And, and I, we, it's funny, we get a lot of emails from um, kids, that, or, or I say kids, but guys that just get out of college and want to get into coaching and just random from wherever, all over the country. And, and uh, they always ask for advice and I, and I you know, ask them what they're doing. And Well, I'm coaching junior high girls right now or something and I'm like, then do the best job you can at your job that you have because if you don't do that, then if you can't trust you with a little, then they're not going to be able to trust you with a lot. So, uh, you know, that's kind of just take it one day at a time and the family enjoys living here and uh, just try to do a good job for Weaver State every day. 
Good for you, and you have, and you have. I'm sure there's been offers that you've probably had to come along, but you're just always looking for that right fit. Yeah, you know, it's like, but it's just, it, it's hard to take a job that's that's maybe not as, as, as quality one as this one. Yeah. You know, this is a job that if we're doing, doing the right things, then we should be able to be competitive every year in our league. And we have great fan support. We have great administration. Um, we just have a lot of things in place that make uh, that make life a lot easier. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and talking about your your time at Weber State and your life. We could do a lot more, I'm sure, but it's good to get, to get for the fans to get to know you a little bit more. Well, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. How are the Royals doing? Royals are big, not good. Big they're, Royals they're, fan. They're getting ready to sell. They're they're selling. Uh, they're they're going to sell some guys, I think, and get some draft picks. And we'll take them. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you need a reliever. Um, we need a few guys with the Cubs, but we'll take whatever you got. You're a big Royals fan, though. Remember when you, uh, you and James Hayek were pretty excited yeah. when they won the World Series? Yeah, you know, my, and I wasn't half as excited as my wife. She's a really big Royals fan. She has updates on her phone. I haven't heard as much, quite as much this year. But uh, <laughs> she's still watching, but she's yeah. not got a lot uh, as much to. Uh, no, she didn't have much to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Eric Duff, associate head coach, thanks for joining us. Enjoy your summer, and uh, it'll be basketball season before you know it. Get on that scheduling. All right, thanks, Paul. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, Jerry. And for another uh, edition of Cattails, be sure to subscribe to us. You can also subscribe now on, on iTunes as well or here on SoundCloud also. And uh, thanks for joining us. Go Wildcats.